In this episode, we are going to be having a guest and discussing a sensitive topic, which is endometriosis. I mean, not every woman has it easy when it comes to their reproductive health. There's so many factors that lead to a lady being able to not conceive or actually conceive with difficulty. Some of them are fibroids, some cancers, and specifically this episode we're going to be having a guest who's a lovely lady joining us to actually open up on her story and her journey on endometriosis. This is an endo warrior that we want to celebrate and let's just get to learn more about her and what endometriosis is all about. Hello, welcome to Thriving Supermama. I'm Rachel, your host and the co-founder of Thriving Supermama. We really want to tell you that we are so excited that you are here to join us. Thriving Supermama is a platform for the millennial mom who is just wanting a place to entertain themselves and even just educate themselves based on some real life stories, some expert analysis and also so much more fun articles even in our website Thriving Supermama all packed here in this podcast. Looking forward to being with you and enjoying such time together as we redefine millennial motherhood. Alright, let's jump into it. Hi Rachel, how are you? I'm good. It's good to have Thriving Supermama podcast. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So um, I think, of course, I had told the fans uh, a little bit of what to expect in today. But maybe you can just describe yourself a bit. And I'm sure not many, okay, I don't think probably know that we were actually in the same high school. So we go a little bit way back. Yeah. Yeah, so you can describe yourself um, brief, of course. All right. Um, thank you, Rachel. My name is Winnie. I am a woman. I'm a wife. I was about to say a mother, but we're not yet there. I am a wife, uh, a daughter, yeah. a friend, many. I am currently a practicing architect, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. designer, but I'm also in school doing my master's, so... I wear many hats at the right time, I suppose. That you have quite a number of things on on your on your hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So maybe we can jump straight in. Um, of course, today we're talking about um, endometriosis and celebrating women who have been diagnosed with endometriosis and also getting to know or understand what is it all about. And it's such a pleasure that you're here with us to let us in into that personal journey. Maybe you can just tell us what's your journey with endometriosis and when did you actually realize the symptoms of endometriosis? Okay, so my journey starts way way back except I didn't realize that it's the journey towards endometriosis so um, I started my periods really young I Mm -hmm. I think I was 10 (laughs) in class 4 
and I was right. the, I was the first in like my environment at the moment. So, mm-hmm. um, it was pretty normal until around twelve to thirteen years when I started getting really really heavy periods. So, you know, when you're young and you like the way kids are in school and they are a girl stain her dress then everyone loses their minds but that kept happening to me and it's because my blood flow was a lot more than expected no one expects a 13 12 13 year old girl to have the kind of um, blood flow that I did um so I it just I think that was my biggest differentiating factor with all my classmates was how heavy my blood flow was. Um, as I got older, uh, around 15, 16, I started getting horrible, horrible um, cramps. So mm-hmm. what they call dysmenorrhea. So yeah. just yeah. really, really painful cramps, mm-hmm. horrible back aches. I couldn't walk. My legs would be in complete pain. Um, I would throw up a lot. I couldn't keep anything down. I just, I couldn't function for the duration of my period. And uh, I don't know if you remember, like, even when we were in high school, I would get um, certain days of my period. I just, I didn't function. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I do remember because one, Winnie was our class prefect. Yeah, that's another good. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, so uh, for a class prefect, of course, they are meant to be alert twenty four seven. So definitely, when you when you have those moments when now you're having the dysmenorrhea, everybody in the class notices. I don't know when, probably maybe you didn't get to uh, record noise makers in that specific <laughs> time. <laughs> I forgot that that's a hat I wore once in my life. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's an enlightened note. But I mean, generally, yeah. I do, I do definitely remember probably seeing you in pain once in a while and just in an overall um low mood during that period. Yeah. I probably can't say that I could pinpoint what you were going through, but now mm-hmm. going down memory lane, I can now add one plus one together. Yeah, and even mm-hmm. I didn't understand it fully at the time. Um, mm-hmm. I just knew it. I get really horrible periods. And mm-hmm. the thing is, at that time, no one, everyone just thinks you're being a dramatic teenager. You know how no. our schools are wired to think of us as you just don't want to study. So, exactly. even, yeah. 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 So, even I wouldn't think much of it. It was just, okay, some people, some girls get bad periods and some girls don't. Yeah. So, I would, um, the older I got, the worse it got. So later on, even after high school Mm -hmm. and leaving that environment, I at Mm -hmm. first you'd think it's the environment. You know how us girls, we think, oh, um, I've traveled, my period behaves a little differently. Yeah, yeah. At first first I thought it was the environment and I wasn't healthy and I wasn't eating well. Mm -hmm. Um, But my environment changed after high school and I was eating healthier, I was moving more, I was you know, doing all the right things that you're supposed to do. Mm. But my my periods were still horrible. Yeah. And I would faint a lot. I would pass out a lot because I 
as I mentioned, I had a heavy, heavy flow. Mm. Um, and after a while, in fact, mm. um, us women, we are used to these things. So interacting with women wouldn't make anyone think otherwise. It was just, yeah. like, just having your period. But when my father brought it up, he's like, you know, I don't think this is normal. Yeah. I don't think like this. I don't think... Um, you should be going through all this pain. Yes, it shouldn't be this bad. And he yeah. asked me, have you seen a doctor? And I was like, yeah, you know, we go to see a gynecologist. And they're like, mm-hmm. I know it will pass with age. Or when you have your first child, it'll go. Or everyone yeah. dismisses it as just this thing. Yeah. And he, you, know, you, you need to actually go and find out what is wrong. Because something's got to give. You can't not function. Yeah. So... so later on in life I'd, I'd go see doctors and it mm-hmm. was a lot of um, the same rhetoric so just you know d- don't worry women go through these things we'll manage your pain with painkillers or stuff like that but painkillers wouldn't work mm-hmm. um, none of that in fact the only thing that would work at some point would be the shots like um, the injections oh, okay. um, but it continued to get worse and worse and worse to the point now um, I would collapse in random public places where I have no one who knows me or no one who's thinking about me. So at that point, I was like, okay, something Mm. has to change because now I'm not safe. And I went to see a doctor. Mm -hmm. He's very good with this kind of thing. And with um, reproductive health, not just the typical, you know, you yeah. go to see again because you're pregnant. That's what most women do. So he's very good with um, other issues of reproductive health. So I went to see him and he was a bit scared about touching the word endometriosis. So he said, let's eliminate everything else first. So we did a, a lot of tests. Um the whole, you know, 10 miles, scans, blood tests, um, um, x-rays, all kinds of scans that you can think of, and they just couldn't find anything. And so he's like, ah, you'll just, you'll get over it over time. You'll have your first baby. After that, you'll be fine. And so I just thought, okay, this is still not helping me because I'm not about to have my first baby. So I saw another doctor by chance. And he says, uh, we may need to think about endometriosis. And I'm like, okay, so what does that mean? And he still said, we need to eliminate everything else first because the easiest way to tell whether it's endometriosis or not is surgery. They just go in and see if they can find the endometrial tissue. So we had to eliminate everything first. And this was about last year, um, middle of the year. And I had really, really bad back pain. This wasn't attached to my periods or anything. It just was there. So I would have horrible back pain. I would have horrible headaches. And just I was really unwell. And as we were doing now the scans and the testing and the like, we went had to go in to hospital for a very different reason. And I think that made us 
sort of think about it could be some it could have been something else the whole time so i had uh surgery for appendicitis and they went in they removed everything and then mm-hmm. we moved on and everyone thought ah this was what was bothering you you'll be fine everything's clear yeah yeah mm-hmm. didn't work either my mm-hmm. next period was terrible i was still in a lot of pain so he said okay without going into theater the best way mm-hmm. to know this um whether it's endometriosis or not because at this point everything else is eliminated yeah the best way to to tell is to put you on this medication mm-hmm. and based on the response to it we can diagnose it as either clinical endometriosis or mm-hmm. not yeah um so i was on that medication for 3 months and depending on how your body responds mm-hmm. then they can, because it simply changes your hormonal balance yeah um and afterwards i got now my diagnosis as clinical endometriosis there's a difference between those who have gone into theater and looked for the tissue and found it yeah those who would like a diagnosis without having to go into theater and since i had just been in theater i was not looking forward to it again yeah yeah i'm so sorry about that i mean especially the having to go to the theater part because was it like when because i've also had have had to go through the appendix the appendix being removed but i was way younger so i wanted to know was it like was part of them doing that surgery like a way of also removing that as a as an option like maybe they were thinking that is what is causing all the pain or did you actually have an issue with your appendix no i actually had an issue with my appendix but um it had fused together with the other organs around it so it couldn't okay. be seen in scans and it couldn't be seen in anything so no one knew yeah yeah and so going into theater was also to find out so uh-huh. they did they found out they found the problem Mm. the appendix actually had a problem yeah so removing it would should have eliminated that as a cause mm-hmm. in essence, which it did yeah 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 so um I'm, 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 when you mentioned about like you reached a point where you actually started fainting even in public collapsing in public spaces and mm-hmm. I, going through your your okay after of course you recover for a bit what was really running through your mind and how was your support system like maybe if you would go home to your dad or your husband and mention this how would they really react or were you fearful were you thinking okay is there something that is really much more wrong with me and how are they reacting or responding to it um well my family has always been very supportive but then i've yeah. always been kind of sickly <laughs> so they mm-hmm. were used to it it was quite normal so yeah. if i'm somewhere and i pass out and i come to and i'd call my family they'd probably show up or the like but i also learned how to surround myself with people who know what's going on mm-hmm. so even in campus um i would surround myself with my friends and let them know Okay yeah. so I'm I'm in this state at the moment and I may or may not collapse so if I do just call you know my sister or my mm. someone in my family um yeah. Yeah. they're always very supportive especially when 
I couldn't look after myself. Yeah. Um, but, you know, over time, <laughs> I've interacted with, like, different relationships. So there are some relationships that were very supportive, like, such as my friends and my family. Mm-hmm. I had ex-boyfriends who were just like, you're being dramatic. Yeah. I had girlfriends also who are just like, we all get periods. You're just being a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Teachers as well would be yeah. like, by the way, just chill. Okay, you're doing the most. Yeah. We all get these things and the like. So I think I've had a, a, a mishmash of really supportive oh. people in my life. But also mm-hmm. a lot of people who are just like, you're being dramatic. Yeah, Stop and I think it's because, yeah, it's also definitely because not very many people are aware about endometriosis, what it is, how does it manifest itself, and just how much, uh, how challenging it is for women who go through endometriosis, and to even coming to understand that one, you had to go through, you've been going through the same. Hello, Rachel. Yes. All right, I lost you there for a minute. Okay, I was just saying that um, I'm just, um, that it's it's basically it's majorly because that mishmash of the support and people some people thinking it's dramatic or not is mostly mm. because not very many people are aware of what happens or what endometriosis is about, not people are not really empowered about it. And so they think that, you know, it, people, everybody, every woman goes through normal periods or normal period pains. Yes. Yeah. And, and therefore they, they, see, they don't really seek to know more or to understand what could be the challenges of endometriosis. And now, so going back after you, they did your appendix surgery and now you were taken through some medication. So did you start feeling like you've recovered? Did they actually tell you, uh, have they found the endometrium tissue? How, where has it grown? You can take, take us through that. Okay. So, um, not really. Okay, the thing about endometriosis is that endometrial tissue is not always visible in your scans. Uh-huh. So um, that's why the most eff- effective way to find out where exactly it is um, and how far it's progressed is based on surgery. So just, they just go in there and find it. Yeah. But that's because we have naturally have endometrial tissue. All women have it. The only yeah. difference is where women with endometriosis where their endometrial tissue grows so um it literally could be on any organ yeah however the best way for okay most doctors will tell you that they don't want to jump into surgery in fact most doctors avoid that because of course surgery comes with its own challenges and um risks so Endometriosis also means for very many women, very different things. Mm. So the way my body responds to it is not the way the next person will respond to it. So it's a journey of discovering what works for you. So I've been on that journey mm-hmm. of trying to like different medications mm-hmm. um, and the like uh, pills. Now I'm currently working on my doctor 
with the pills didn't quite work because what happened is I built a dependency. So for as long as I wasn't on this on that medication, mm. all my symptoms mm. came back and they came back worse than before. So oh, okay. So you, you go on this journey of discovery, like the the medication becomes more and more intrusive as you go. Yeah. Um, so currently I'm on injections that are implants. So it's a monthly injection mm-hmm. that implants uh, it places a certain implant in your lower abdomen that releases the hormones that prevent your natural hormones from filling up your endometrial tissue with blood which happens every month for all women mm-hmm. how yeah. your endometrial yeah. tissue expands fills with blood becomes healthy and rich and then if you don't conceive it sheds so what yeah. this do is they stop that process of um, blood filling up in your endometrial tissue and your endometrial tissue expanding because yeah. it has nowhere to go yeah so um so far it's it's i'm really afraid of needles (laughs) for someone who's been so sick i have a phobia so um it's it's i'm i'm actually really blessed that i have a really good doctor and he's very kind and understanding Mm -hmm. um and he he understands that for women it's not a lot of um the time women's pain is considered not it's not taken as seriously even by ourselves we don't take our own pain seriously because we expected to go through pain yeah that's true a woman's portion it's like if you're in labor and, and someone tells you calm down women give birth all the time yeah so your pain is not considered your pain simply mm-hmm. because women are expected to go through pain. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I appreciate that my, my doctor has, has given me the mentality that, you know what, you don't have to be in pain. You don't need to go through the pain. Mm-hmm. He's also very kind. He gives me anesthesia before he does these things. Apparently not all doctors do that. Yeah, not actually not, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of the my friends who have been reaching out to me after I made it public that I'm dealing with endometriosis have told me the horror stories um, yeah. of their medication and because it, it's usually intrusive. It's if, if it's not an injection, it's an implant of some sort. Mm-hmm. It's a job here and there. It's a surgery. It's, it's intrusive. So it comes with a lot of pain. And it, just managing that pain so that you don't have to deal with the pain of treatment has really helped me a lot so i'm grateful for that part yeah yeah of course we really celebrate you i mean it's it's not easy when every month you probably somebody has to always go to the checkups and to go Mm -hmm. to to get the jobs i mean it's it's also draining is how has it been on your emotional well-being just going through this whole procedure and doctor visits all the time how has it been does it affect you mentally does it affect you way heavily on you emotionally uh it has been tough i won't i won't say that i'm currently going through the roughest patch. i think i'm going through the best patch so far mm-hmm. um 
it's been really difficult especially when i was younger yeah. and trying to understand yourself already a young girl budding comes with mm. its own challenges so it um i think it was harder for me when i was much younger and the support that of the people that i expected to you know to be there for me and to be the adults who understand yeah. and care and having those not care so much or make you feel like you're you're um being unnecessarily dramatic about it that yeah. part was the most difficult because i kept wondering why am i so different and why is it that nobody believes how much pain i'm actually in mm-hmm. or um how I think I remember one time having to do an exam when we were in high school. Yeah. In the middle of a bout of endometriosis and I could barely sit up. But yeah. I was told you have to do it. You're not special. You can't um expect that we'll give you any special consideration. You're like you're a student like everyone else. Yeah. And yeah. so um having that to recover from that as i grow older so that i can actually lean on other people because mm-hmm. now what it made me do was turn to myself for support and nobody can support themselves fully yeah um, yeah so i've grown as i've grown older and people around me have become more understanding and more kind mm-hmm. has helped me really deal with it like my husband is very supportive for example he's constantly looking after me when i'm having a bout of illness or the like and just the extra support from other people just makes me not get in my own head. Yeah, I mean that's really amazing because not not everybody has um let me call it like the ability to have people being surrounded by people who can also help them to be emotionally stable. Yeah. yeah. Other people have to go through that by themselves. And like you, I mean, when you're in you when you're in high school, for example, you're feeling like you're all alone because if the teachers are not even uh sensitive towards what you're going through, probably most mm-hmm. of your classmates not not I don't even think that endometriosis is really taught in schools as much as yeah. it should. Uh in a, in the reproductive when people uh when students are learning about reproductive health. I think it's mm-hmm. supposed to be an element that is really touched on because it will even empower the girls that are going through that to know what to do about it, you know? Yeah. 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 We, we... The, the difference, the fact that we are all so different, I don't think it's taught. I think it's more so taught how standardized we are. You know, we are in this, we are text, we are part of a textbook yeah. <laughs> and we all should fit in that book. But yeah. the fact that we are all so different mm-hmm. and go through these things so differently, I think needs to be taught more. Mm-hmm. Because I may have been going through endometriosis, but someone else was going through something different and That's wasn't true. able to understand what it is she was going through because she mm-hmm. was different. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So tell us. Mm-hmm, just continue. Okay. I think the the biggest um, mental strain for women is understanding it even for mm-hmm. understanding each other because even as as girls in high school mm-hmm. i couldn't understand my deskmate for example 
Yeah. So we don't expect high school girls to support each other <laughs> particularly <laughs> well because <laughs> we don't know anything. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I think if you have like you see, I think in schools probably there are these activations that people who sell or who talk about sanitary towels or reproductive health and sex education to girls or to boys, they should probably involve those um that in their conversation that okay, there are also there's endometriosis, the people who could have fibroids, the people who could have subsist and it could affect the yeah. A, A, B, C. Then probably the the girls or who are affected, they can actually seek more information around it, and therefore people are able to be diagnosed quite early. That's very very true, because yeah. most of these, if you're diagnosed early, it's a lot easier to treat. Mm-hmm. The further on they progress, the harder it is even to deal with. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. They shouldn't just be geared towards selling us pads. <laughs> That's true. That's definitely true. So yeah. uh, through your journey, would you say that, um, I don't know whether you, of course, you're a wife, has it affected your fertility really, or uh, maybe <clears throat> given you scares of, of wanting to be a mom in the near future? Um, mm-hmm. how, how has it been? How has it been for you in terms of generally the fertility aspect have you been with doctors who have told you ah they've probably expressed sentiments of maybe you may have issues getting pregnant or uh, how has it okay um yeah it's usually the first thing everyone tells you is how endometriosis causes a lot of uh, infertility cases it's not to say that endometriosis is the leading cause of Mm -hmm. infertility it's yeah. more so that majority of women who struggle with infertility have endometriosis. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's definitely a concern. I think I remember having a conversation with my mom, and she was so puzzled. She's just like, "Now they've told you I have endometriosis. Now when will I have grandchildren? And you know how you know how parents are. And <laughs> yeah, um, why it's 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 a big concern and that's when I started to think about it genuinely before that I had it hadn't even crossed my mind that oh yeah. oh wait yeah this is actually my reproductive health yeah um I I can't quite say that I'm I have struggled with infertility because I know some women out here who have really really struggled um yeah a few of them do have endometriosis Mm -hmm. now the advantage is that i have caught mine before i'm trying uh yeah yeah i'm already on the journey of understanding what that's going to look like possibly um working to mitigate it in fact um one of the goals uh, my doctor is working and i are working towards is that when I'm ready to have children, I can. Yeah. Is that you, you want to have shrunk that tissue enough mm-hmm. so that it doesn't cause a struggle in, and it could, the struggle could come in two ways: is in actually conceiving because the tissue sometimes blocks the fallopian tubes. Definitely, yeah. Or it could come in the form of carrying to term. So you could have complicated pregnancies, ectopic pregnancies, you're at a higher risk for 
or a hostile environment in the uterus it just it could be a lot of things uh, sometimes it's concerning to think about all of them but um, majority of the people who have dealt with infertility mm. know the biggest thing you should avoid is getting in your own head so yeah 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 that's true um we are currently working on that i'm i don't i haven't of course for most people they're thinking you're married because i've been married for two years now they're just like ah you don't have children (laughs) um but i can't quite say it's because of infertility per se um i'm just not actually trying yet yeah but hopefully by the time i get there we'll have dealt with it significantly that it won't be a problem yeah yeah all right that's great because i remember i think i did an article on our website thrivingsupermama.com about um can people can women who have endometriosis get pregnant and the answer was yes they can as you've highlighted there are little risks here and there and most women probably tend to go the IVF way or ICU, ICS way in terms of getting yeah. babies in case somebody has issues conceiving or things like those. Uh, but I, think, I love the fact that one, you've been able, you were able to know it early. And as you've said, you've, you're working towards it with your doctor, even before you try to get children, such that by the time you want, or you both of you are comfortable um, your body has already gone through the process of the right medication, you know, mm-hmm. being able to balance off the effects of the endometriosis and therefore making it easier. So definitely, I think, as you said, uh, a, a diagnosis prior really helps a woman, you know? It really does. Because if I was one of those women who wanted to have children young, and at some point I did, <laughs> um, but imagine if I had wanted to have children at 21, 22. It would have been very, very difficult, especially without knowing. Yeah. Because most people won't go get treatment. And not everyone with endometriosis has symptoms. Yeah. And so you won't go and find out what's going on. You simply try. And then you really struggle so yeah 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 definitely all right so maybe you can mention to 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 another to a woman maybe speak woman to woman if a woman is going through endometriosis what would you tell what do you tell her whether it's a girl or a woman really what did you tell her um how would you encourage her based on your experience which of course you've very passionately shared with us okay uh First of all, I'd share that I'm no longer, I'm not, no, not yet a success story. Mm-hmm. I think, um, and, and this was a journey I went through is I, I didn't want to share my story until I was a success story. And I think a lot of women go through that. Yeah. And especially the younger you are, because yeah. all the stories out here of, oh, how I overcame endometriosis or how I overcame this issue. And I, I, I came above, but I think for starters, it's important to understand that it's a journey, and it always will be. Yeah. And especially with endometriosis, there's no real cure for endometriosis. You just learn to manage it. And 
for the I think the younger girls who are struggling and don't know what's going through like what they're going through or um it may or may not be endometriosis but they know something is wrong my advice to you would be go seek help just go even if they dismiss you even if you think no one will believe you even if you think that you're being dramatic you're not being dramatic you're in pain seek help yeah. it's not as simple as i'll eat better i'll work out i'll get sleep it's not it's not always that simple for some women and some girls it works but for those it doesn't it's okay to seek help i think if i'd known that earlier i would have gone and sought help earlier yeah um and also it's okay to tell people in your life so when i was younger it would be kept quite a secret especially by the women in my life wanting to you know how we've been taught that reproductive health give it to your mama Yeah, yeah. so um it's okay to speak up about it it's okay to have a conversation with your father about it he needs to know what you're going through too in yeah. fact only recently did, did i sit down with my father and actually explain what was happening because it's such taboo especially being africans yeah to discuss yeah. these things with men except who's going to be there when i collapse who's going to be there when i need someone who knows what's going on it's probably going to be a man yeah that's true so it's okay to tell it's okay to speak up and tell men about these things it's okay to speak up and tell women about these things it's mm-hmm. it's not such a taboo subject yeah um yeah. and the more you speak out the more help you can get yeah that's, yeah that's definitely true thank you so much uh do you belong to any support groups like are you a part do you, are you aware of or are you part of any facebook group or i don't know whether you have any women support group that have endometriosis that you've been able to associate with or you don't have any in mind at the moment Um I'm a bit embarrassed about that because um recently I at one of your counseling centers I was going to um a counselor was seeing kept telling me that my biggest problem is that I have endometriosis and I kept saying I don't have that's not my biggest problem stop being dramatic um I don't that's not my biggest psychological problem yeah and it was a back and forth and back and forth and she at some point recommended uh a lady who has an actual support group for what i now know are called endo warriors yeah and mm-hmm. i had i i i was just like you know what i'm it's not that big a deal i don't i don't need to be in a support group i'm not <laughs> yeah yeah so um there are support groups to answer your question um there and and i think um they are very quiet support groups um but they are there mostly counseling centers have them um there are few i've seen on facebook and like i'm not sure of the exact name to this day i still haven't joined but, <laughs> but um they are there and i think 
like for people who are not afraid to be called a no warriors then you can be more going through the same thing it's really easy to to explain to someone hey this month i have struggled like i know so yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think people should seek support from um, yeah, if you're on facebook i think but mostly if you go to any counseling center you'll mm. find some yeah right um so i think now everybody is thank you so much has now known a little bit of your story and how you as you said it's a journey it's not like it's it's not fully a success story but at least you you've moved from an element of uh denial to a certain degree to even actually coming to a podcast and sharing with <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. yeah yeah so i, I just never have done this before <laughs> Yeah, so thank you so much for being part and parcel of just encouraging women for as we seek to empower the millennial mom or millennial woman in knowing what are some of the things that affect them. And endometriosis is one that could affect women and it's something that we shouldn't hush our tunes, but actually speak about it more, encourage more girls or more women who are going through it and help them to find the best solutions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much, Winnie. Uh, it was so nice to have you. Uh, I'm very happy that you've been able to share your intimate story with us. Thank you for having me, Rachel. Right. And you're doing sure. a fantastic job with like speaking about um, so many issues that actual women are not brave enough to speak about. So congratulations on that. <laughs> I hope you continue with the job. Thanks, thanks. Uh, the best gift you can give me is draw me a house. <laughs> <laughs> That's a huge gift, but we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to highlight that you're an architect again. Oh, thank you. <laughs> right, so thank you so much and have a nice time. All right, you too. Thank you for listening to the Thriving Supermama podcast. Also remember to check out thrivingsupermama.com and also join our Facebook group, Thriving Supermama Community. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Thriving Supermama and let's catch you later.